And good afternoon, people, and welcome back to the Word Encounter. And we're going to continue on in, um, we're in Numbers chapter 12. We left off chapter 11 yesterday. And uh, we might only stay in 12 today. Um, we'll see how it goes. Miriam and Aaron, verse 1, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because of the Cushite woman he married, for he married a Cushite woman. And so let's stop there for right now. And so it says that Mary, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses um, because of his Cushite wife. Now, Miriam and Aaron are Moses' brother and sister. And so they are criticizing Moses because of his Cushite wife. Now, why might that be? <clears throat> so we see here, um, I'm just going to read, these are uh, Tony Evans's comments. I'm going to read what he has written here. Moses had married a woman from a region called Cush, which today is Ethiopia. This means this Jewish forefather chose a woman of African descent. She was a descendant of Noah's son, Ham, through the uh, through Cush, and so it stands to reason that this woman had probably had somewhat of dark skin, and um, and Moses married her, and we see that Miriam and Aaron had criticized him because of his wife, and so <clears throat> let me go on. This story reveals that there is no place for racial hatred and division among God's people. Undoubtedly, Moses's wife. Uh, like her husband, had embraced faith in the one true God. The couple serves as a reminder to us that Christians are to marry in the Lord. That is, we are to marry those who share the same faith in God through Jesus Christ that we do. Marriage is to be a faith-based, faith not, not race-based. And so, <clears throat> is it ironic that we are going through Numbers chapter 12 here, having some racial overtones in uh, this particular scripture and what is currently going on in the United States of America with racial unrest seemingly growing and growing and growing and growing. And a big part of the issue from my perspective, and this is not word, this is me, <clears throat> A big part of the problem lies with the church. There should be no such thing as the white church and the black church. There should be the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And that's not how it is today in our country. And that's just speaking of the black and white races, uh, not to mention uh, you have the Chinese church, the this church, the that church. Everybody seems to want to divvy up. <clears throat> and segregate the church, and it should be one church. And this example of lack of unity is what goes out in front of unbelievers and allows them to feel comfortable with labeling us hypocrites and therefore limiting our effectiveness and our power within culture. Shame on us for not representing the kingdom accurately. <clears throat> Let's move on. In verse 2, they said, does the Lord speak only through Moses? Does he not also speak through us? 
So we see an element of jealousy creeping into the picture here. And so they're seeing Moses being spoken to by the Lord, Moses turning around and speaking to the people about what the Lord says, the people looking on to Moses as the oracle of God. And so Aaron and Miriam are like, well, what about us? You know, he speaks to us too. How come it seems like you're getting all the play, Moses? How come it seems like how come you're getting all the recognition, all the glory? And whatnot. That's the way it's coming across. <clears throat> and so they talk about his wife. And now we see there's some jealousy that's seemingly creeping into the picture. And the Lord heard them in their grumbling. You know? <laughs> In verse 3, Moses was, uh, was a very humble man, more so than anyone on the face of the earth. Imagine that, you know, anybody on the face of the earth, the word is saying that Moses was the most humble. Nobody else was more humble than Moses. It seems as though nobody else thought less of themselves than Moses. And so... And so he's dealing with this grumbling. In verse 4, suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, you three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud, stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and summoned Aaron and Miriam. And so the Lord descends down in a pillar of cloud, and he says, Aaron, Miriam, come here. Step forward. Come here. When the two of them came forward, he said, Listen to what I say. If there is a prophet among you from the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Verse 7, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. I speak with him directly openly and not in riddles. And so the Lord is admitting that he speaks to his people in riddles, but he says, not with Moses. With Moses, I speak to him plainly. I tell him what the deal is plainly. I don't have him wondering what I mean. I speak to him directly. He sees the form of the Lord. And so the Lord is saying, he, Moses, sees the form of the Lord. And so then he goes on and says, so why are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And so they're grumbling with each other about Moses. And the Lord has told him what Moses' deal is to him. And he says, so you know this is how I feel about Moses. Why are you not afraid to speak about Moses the way you do? In verse 9, the Lord's anger burned against them and he left. As the cloud moved away from the tent, Miriam's skin suddenly became diseased, resembling snow. Interesting. Let me read Tony's commentary here. Don't miss the appropriateness of the punishment. Miriam had condemned Moses because of the color of his wife's skin. The penalty fit her crime. And so what he's saying is that Miriam was grumbling against Moses, A, because she was jealous, but B, because of the color of his wife's skin. And so the Lord turned her skin pale white, diseased. 
And even in verse 12, it says, please don't let her be like a dead baby whose flesh is half eaten away. So this is Moses pleading for her. I got ahead of myself, but this is what her skin turned like. When Aaron turned toward her, he saw that she was diseased and said to Moses, my Lord, please don't hold against us uh, this sin we have so foolishly uh, committed. And so Aaron tells the, turns to Moses, guy was a gremlin, my Lord, you know, <laughs> please don't. You know, he, he's not even pleading to God. He's pleading to Moses. Moses didn't do this. God did this. But he's pleading to Moses not to do this to Miriam. In verse 13, then Moses cried out to the Lord, God, please heal her. So Moses finds out that Aaron and Miriam are grumbling about him. He finds out this before the Lord. The Lord punishes her, yet Moses is stepping in to try and redeem her. Now, how many of us would do that? How many of us would not? Yes, she is his sister, but she was in fact grumbling against him and he is stepping in. And we see Moses constantly being the interface between the people and the Lord. Constantly, when they're wrong, he's stepping in on their behalf so that the Lord's wrath won't rain down on them. We see this happening over and over and over again. And here he's doing it for his sister. So again, verse 13, then Moses cried out to the Lord, God, <clears throat> please heal her. Verse 14, the Lord answered Moses, if her father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she remain in disgrace for seven days? Let her be confined outside the camp for seven days. After that, she may be brought back in. And so here we see that <clears throat> God is telling Moses, look, she has to be punished. If she had merely spit in her father's face, she'd get at least seven days. And she spoke against me because she spoke against you. And she didn't respect my authority and my knowledge and my wisdom. So she's going to have to be punished. And so put her outside the camp for seven days. And afterwards, she can come back in. And so <clears throat> the lesson, the moral of the story, if you will, in, in chapter 12 of Numbers is that you know, divisions amongst people are not tolerated by the Lord. It's just not tolerated. And yet we don't behave as if we understand that as a truth. We behave as if we are reacting and, 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 and dealing solely in culture and not in the spiritual realm. We're acting like we are not citizens of the kingdom, and the king has dic dictated his rules to us with regard to how we are to live and how we are to be unified, and we seem to just want to ignore that. That is not acceptable. That can no longer be tolerated in this day and this hour. And I don't restrict these things to the United States when we're talking about black and white issues, for these issues exist all over the world between people groups under the kingdom of God tent. And they cannot be tolerated. We cannot look at other Christians sideways uh, because of cultural differences, language differences, preferences, or this, that, and the other. We cannot assume that how we do things, how we worship, how we um, uh, participate in various events and festivals or whatever is the correct way. And everybody else has to understand how and why we do it, whoever the we is. For God has his culture. 
And, you know, there's nothing wrong with culture. I mean, culture is fine as long as the tenets of that culture don't violate kingdom mandates. And so, and a lot of tenants do. A lot of tenants in culture, you know, do violate kingdom mandates. And so we cannot accept those tenants, uh, that part of culture, of our culture, whatever culture it is we come from. And so <clears throat> we are living in a time when the kingdom culture has to be the predominant culture that we all ascribe to. And that is something that has to be cultivated um, by the Spirit. And we are led by the Spirit and whatnot, not by our preferences, in which we see happening today in many, many, many instances. And so, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come humbly before you on this day at this time. Father, I plead for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit for all of your children, that we would have a fresh understanding of what it is you expect from us, that there would be no ambiguity, that there would be no confusion, that we would be able to see clearly and understand clearly and hear clearly what it is we are to do in this day, in this hour, in order to bring about righteousness and justice in the land. And so, Father, we thank you for the opportunity that lays before us. May your will be done in Jesus' name. And with that, we will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.